2: We're excited to bring to you the world's first electric snow scooter. I'm Zach. I'm Jesse. you're watching In Depth on Now You Know.
3: Thank you to Keeps for sponsoring today's
2: show. Keeps is a subscription service that makes it easier and more affordable for men to treat their male pattern baldness online. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. I'm living proof this. And the best way to prevent hair loss, guys, is to do something about it while you still have your hair left.
3: With Keeps, a licensed doctor will review your information online and recommend the right hair loss treatment plan for you. Then your treatment is shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the FDA-approved medications for hair loss, which makes it more affordable. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why hundreds of thousands of men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash now you know, or click the link in the description to receive 50% off your first
2: order. Don't put it off. Go to K-E-E-P-S dot slash now you know and get 50% off your first order. All right, so I know what you guys are thinking. You're going, you got the world's first what?
3: So <laughs> let's take a step back. We've been reviewing a lot of different e-scooters and e-bikes. Winter came. Yeah, and, and it gets cold up here in New England. And it's uh, snowy. And we couldn't take the e-bikes, the e-scooters out. We were all bummed. And... Uh,
2: Well, I think one day one of us said to the other one, like, can we just ride them on snow? And, uh, well, we found out the hard way you can't.
3: Right. And then it was like, can't we just put a track, you know, can't can't we just turn it into a snowmobile?
2: So, I mean, I went online and did some research because I thought, well, someone's definitely done this before and we'll just copy them. And I found out that while I did find a couple snow scooters that were powered by gasoline, I didn't find any that were electric. So we were able to get some ideas from those other scooters, but basically we had to start
3: kind of from scratch. Right. Now, there's no products out there. There's no snow scooter that you can buy unless it's like it has snow tires. But for the most part, I don't think you're going to find anything that's going to truly traverse snowy conditions. So we decided that we would uh, just make it. Problem was
2: uh, there's a couple hurdles we had to overcome, and we want to tell you how we did it. So the first one was we had to figure out how to attach some kind of contraption to the back of a scooter that could hold a track.
3: And Zach and I have lots of experience. Uh Zach is a licensed contractor. I've worked with him before. So we've built houses, we've uh we've done all sorts of different things, we've used bolts and nuts before. Oh, and I mean you
2: worked at desktop metal where you guys had to, you know, I, invent things.
3: I 3D printed Actual metal. So it seemed like this was something we could do. But we got to this one sticky part.
2: We found out that the frame of the scooter we wanted to use, and by the way, we're using the Mercane wide wheel, and that's because it has a wide wheel, (laughs) which will make sense in a minute. Uh, That scooter, like many others, is made out of a aluminum frame.
3: And there just was not enough room to go sticking bolts through things. We didn't want to drill holes and just try and bolt stuff on. So we decided it was time to learn a new skill, welding.
2: Welding, Right. And the problem is um, we had already learned how to weld using what's called MIG welding. Um, and so we have a steel MIG welder um, and technically you could convert it to an aluminum MIG welder. We tried that didn't really work,
3: right? Our first tests didn't really work. <laughs> we put some <laughs> mega um, aluminum wire in there and yeah, it didn't work. It, it And it, it really wouldn't work. And we
2: learned why later when we went to the next step and we got ourselves a TIG welder. And so I just want to stop at this point and say, I think this is a skill now that we've learned the skill that you guys should at least consider learning yourselves because it used to be just like a decade ago, that just the machines to do this were wildly expensive. We're talking
3: $35,000 for a decent TIG machine. And and let's be honest, most of them weren't decent. Most of them were great because the only people who are going to be TIG welding were were going to be super professionals, which, okay, so I guess for the hobbyist welders, you're going to have to stick with the. The stick welding. But let me explain the problem.
2: We need to stick basically just these little blocks of aluminum onto our aluminum frame to give us a place to bolt on a steel frame. And just to do that, we had to do aluminum TIG welding. So we found for 850 bucks, a TIG welder. And it turns out to be an awesome TIG welder that allows you to not only do aluminum, but steel, stainless steel, copper, titanium, just about any
3: metal you want. And- you yeah, know, we did our research on this. We watched a thousand YouTube videos. I'm sure that you've, if you've ever learned anything recently, you've watched a thousand YouTube videos about it. And yeah, so we decided this was the welder we were going to go for.
2: A uh, huge shout out, by the way, to the Fabricator series. Yes. Right. Because that YouTube channel, he is amazing. Uh, he taught us
3: basically everything we needed to know. Yeah. Uh, and so... We set out to, uh, you know, acquire an Argon bottle, which was less scary than we thought it was going to be.
2: Right. Because, I mean, I'll be honest, what stopped me before from going TIG, because we love, you know, watching Martin over on the Wintergotten channel where he TIG welds his uh, beautiful marble machine. but. The fact that you have to include a gas with it, I was like, oh, a gas, is it, is it dangerous? Do I need is to it... be
3: part of some weird subscription to a membership to a, some right. kind of a gas thing? Turns out, uh, at least in our neck of the woods, I know that in different countries it's different. But in our neck of the woods, uh, we went down to a welding supply place. We said, hey, we want a, a smallish bottle of argon. And they said, sure. Right. And you, you pay for it and you get to take it home.
2: Right. You, you can just rent it, basically. It's like seven bucks a month where we are for the bottle and, um, you know, whatever the argon was. I think in this case, like 20 bucks. Yeah. And so for not much money, you could be on the road to welding with argon, right. which is what we did.
3: Getting kind of hot.
2: So I got back to the shop, did some practicing, made a few mistakes here and there during our practice. But basically, after a while, you got really good at it. My eyesight isn't really great at using a welding helmet and my glasses and stuff. So, I mean, I practiced like you did. But when it got to like doing the actual welding, Jesse did the welding.
3: And I think that we can find you some glasses that could help you.
2: Yeah. No, I think if I put more time into it, like um, big tip here, we had been using just regular welding helmets that are like you put them on and the world is dark. Don't do that.
3: Get. Get yourself a welding helmet that will turn on when you start welding. It's going to make a heck of a difference uh, for those, for the seasoned welders out there. I completely understand you are a machine. I understand. But for if you're learning knowing where everything's going to be, and then you start welding, it's so useful. So right. we did a whole bunch of prep work, cleaned off all the paint and the powder coat and everything off of the areas that we were gonna weld. We got ourselves some big blocky chunks of aluminum that we were basically gonna bolt the steel frame to. Now you can't weld steel to aluminum, so that we did need to bolt it, um, but we we needed uh, something else besides the, the crummy pieces. So that's right. what those blocks were for. Welded those on, Cleaned him up a little bit. It was a little tricky because we had to keep everything cold. Um, we didn't want to go ripping the entire scooter apart, which would have been the right thing to do. But again, this was just a fun hobby project,
2: right? Because uh, behind where we welded on those blocks is where the wiring goes on one side For and the motor and the company <laughs> kind of important and the company used uh, basically. Uh, hot glue glue, (laughs) which melts uh so yeah we had to try and keep it cold that was one of the hardest parts of the whole thing was one of us was keeping something cold while
3: while the other one's making it hot so the next thing we needed to do was find a belt that was going to work and one of the most difficult challenges with this is that the mercane wide wheel um, wasn't really designed (laughs) to be to have a belt attached to it it's not any fault of the you know the but there's not a lot of room for right. a belt to fit. And we were thinking, you know, oh, we'll take some snowmobile thing and cut it and fit it. But it wasn't going to fit because it'd be too thick.
2: Right. So we found a conveyor belt, basically. And you can find this on Amazon. Didn't know that. Um, four inch wide conveyor belt. And then we had the
3: uh, problem where we're like, oh, we found the conveyor belt. How do you make it into a loop? Obviously, you could, you know, drill some screws through it. But those were going to break. It's just a... That's not a good solution. Then yeah, you, you got to keep this. it smooth. Kalonk, kalonk, right. kalonk. So if you go
2: to your local grocery store and you put something on the checkout, you'll notice that that is a loop. And you'll notice that at some point uh, when the two ends meet, there's probably going to be a bunch of clips and we figured out we learned how to make those clips we're showing you here basically you buy a machine that kind of clamps the clips together splicer splicer you You put those uh, clips in there you attach it to one side of the belt then you touch the other side of the belt then you slide a rod through the middle Mm -hmm. and you've got yourself A belt. belt. Now, if you're a farmer watching the show right now, you're probably like, duh, we use this all the time. We have to go out in the middle of the field, fix our machines because there's lots of belts moving stuff around. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very common practice in any farming community. But for us knuckleheads, we didn't know how to do it. Turned out to be actually one of the easiest parts of the project.
3: Yeah. I mean, I was so worried about the belt. I thought that we'd have to order a special belt and take the motor off and put it on and then get everything all set up. Um, Turns on you can just pulled a pin out and now, now it's a flat belt
2: but let's go back a step because we've kind of skipped a step we needed a frame that not only held the rear wheel uh, of our new mm-hmm. uh, belt contraption but we also needed a way to tension that wheel right because if you throw a belt on something you need a way to make sure that it's under tension so we came up with what i think is a pretty darn neat solution all right this is the maiden test of the uh of the belt. We're just going to do really slow. Make sure you don't do the front wheel. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. So sliding that way. Okay. So I'm assuming we can actually have some adjustability yeah. with the tension here. I agree. So if I gave it more tension there, I'd expect it to come the other way.
2: Sometimes it takes a revolution, right? Yeah. It, it was working itself it maybe back.
3: So we knew that this was going to be in the snow and so we wanted a mechanism that was sort of protected um, and that also looked kind of clean. So yeah, we went with this internal design where we take uh, two different sizes of square tubing and we put one inside the other and then we cut a slot in the bigger one. You put the axle through and then that is what is going to basically tension the belt is that you can pull that smaller piece back. Um, So yeah, that was a bit of fabrication, a little bit of... uh, Thinking problem solving was very fun to kind of conceptualize this idea and be like, oh, if we do it wrong then the axle (laughs) is going to get hit by the threaded rod which is going to be tensioning so yeah there was a bit of a learning curve there
2: but um and we also had to make basically the um the frame at an angle yes that was kind of fun but now here we switch to steel tig welding and steel tig welding is so much easier than aluminum tig welding because we're doing this in dc i want to go back for a second and explain why aluminum welding didn't work on our mig welder it's a little bit of a tangent but follow me for a second when you're welding aluminum you have to use AC welding, and on one cycle, you are deoxidizing the metal. On the other cycle, you're putting energy into the metal to heat it up. And so you're constantly doing like deoxidizing, heating, deoxidizing, heating. Mm-hmm. And so you're making this arc all the time, which, which sounds like you're working in Frankenstein's lab. And, and so it's kind of scary. You're just like... When you go to DC TIG welding for steel, it's this nice, just relaxed, quiet experience.
3: Just the whisper of the gas. You you don't even hear the electricity, which is really cool. I I think that, yeah, TIG welding is my favorite kind of welding. Yeah. It's, It's at whatever speed I decide I'm going at. Yes, you should be going at a particular speed but if you make mistakes it's so much easier to go back and fix them as opposed to stick welding which is it seems like uh, Neanderthal welding to me which is i understand the advantages of stick welding and in those cases i would probably bite the bullet and stick weld for mig welding i love that i don't have to feed any wire yep totally great you you don't hardly have to do any thinking You're, you're basically just kind of moving it along but tig welding I feel like I'm in control of everything. Yeah. You have a foot pedal. You can be varying the amperage. You don't have to worry so much about settings. If you're looking to get into welding, right now is the best time, I think, to get into it. Um,
2: yeah, if you take nothing else away from this video, it's a, if you've ever kind of had an inkling to wanting to weld two pieces of metal together, you can probably accomplish it. And you can probably teach yourself just as easy as we did by first going to YouTube mm-hmm. and then picking up a piece of equipment.
3: Our MIG welder can do... Um, you know, gas MIG. We chose to do flux core, um, which is, if you're familiar with stick welding, very similar to that in that uh, you have flux, which um, creates the cover gas. It's not being blown over it. Um, It's a lot more messy, but it is dirt cheap. I think that the machine that we picked up was 150 bucks, 150 bucks. and And it's actually a quality machine. Right. Now it doesn't have every setting under the sun, but for putting two pieces of metal together, two steel exactly. pieces of metal together, uh, it works like a charm. And it runs on 110
2: if you want it to. So, yeah. I mean, you could literally, like, run an extension cord and, and do right. this out where you need to.
3: It would have uh, limitations in terms of amperage, so you wouldn't be able to weld the biggest pieces of metal together. But, again... For hobbyist welding, for welding around the house, we're just like, oh, it'd be so great if I could make, I mean, for instance, we used it on our house. We have this weird roof line that kind of comes and meets at a certain point. It's completely unsupported. And for the longest time, we had a big, ugly uh, pole. Zach, by the way, built half the house, um, which is, if you've seen the house, that's why it's so big, because he built it that way um, for, for cheap. Right. For, I remember you. Well, I mean, you get free labor pull, right here. Pulling stuff out of the trash. Son, <laughs> come up here on the roof. Look at these windows. They're just throwing these away. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes. Uh, they're surrounding us right now and half of them are fogged up. But right. <laughs> sure. But anyway, we had this roof line. We wanted to add some really beefy metal support to it. How are we going to do We were going to have to go call somebody. They're going to have to fabricate something for us. We went down to Home Depot Picked up, I think, was it uh, four pieces of really beefy steel? Yep. Welded it together into the right angle that we needed. Mm -hmm. Bolted that to the front of the house. I want a tree to come hit that because it's going to snap in half. Yeah. That's, I'm just, I feel so good that I have that skill to be able to weld. So,
2: Back to the back snow to scooter. Back to the snow
3: scooter, for goodness sake.
2: So we need some kind of wheels on the back to support our tread. We got some wheels that I think were made for uh shopping carts. Uh put those on our <laughs> A axle. A lot of grocery store stuff. <laughs> and uh after we welded it all together, adjusted it, I thought it wasn't gonna work. It actually worked right out of the box. Maiden like it baby. Snow, 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 snow. So we got that all tensioned, ready to go, except we needed one more thing. We needed to put skis on the front so what do we do we bought a couple of kids skis we just quickly we were in a rush we wanted to get out on the snow so bad so we just strapped them to the front wheel and well let's see what happens all right fire it up dude let's go So So what you're seeing now is just a 500 watt scooter. And as you're seeing, it's having some difficulty, right? I mean, um, not only is it doing more than it ever had to do before, it's going through this really Uh, Drag coefficient, slushy surface, but also as the snow gets pushed up on the conveyor belt, it's now kind of uh, loading itself up with snow. And so it's got a lot of inefficiencies in it. And what we quickly realized was, yes, we technically did it, but it's not really fun. So we said to ourselves, how do we get more power into this thing?
3: And we were looking at it, we were looking at it, we're going, dang, if only we had more power the front motor the front motor front motor was just sitting there on the front we had unplugged it it wasn't powering anything one of the things that we had noticed earlier uh, before we had put the skis on it was that when we had plugged it in it could kind of help pull through the snow but that would be too stupid to have a thing right. it, it it needs a ski on the front so we thought make a couple changes and put this motor second motor On the rear. I mean, the two wheels are supposed to work together to push the scooter through anything. So let's try it.
2: So the only problem that gave us was that now wiring wise, we didn't have wire long enough to get us to the back. It's a nine pin wire. Luckily, go on Amazon for 14 bucks. We found the wire. So that wasn't a problem. Magic. Uh, Then we removed the rear axle. We replaced it with the motor. Now, we had to do some changes to our setup. We had to basically weld on some angle irons there, uh, make some notches so that we could put the motor into a bracket. Um, But basically, it only took us a few hours to fix that.
3: And thank goodness we could weld. Yeah. If we had to read, because I don't even know how we would have made our first tensioning mechanism. But if, uh, again, I had an entire way of thinking, which didn't ever use welding. Right. Right? So I was always thinking, oh, we'll make something out of two by fours and plywood and and, 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 and some threaded rod. And eh, it just welding is pretty good when it comes to this, because you're like, if only these two things were connected, (laughs) you're done. (laughs) Right. So that's what we did.
2: You know, before we go out on our first ride on this thing, we should fix the front ski because now we have nothing
3: to attach the front ski to. So, (laughs) again, we had to make a little something. And again, welding came in really handy. We just drilled a hole through two pieces of tube steel, which was more than we needed uh welded it to the plate that we had the skis attached to again completely overbuilt but Mm -hmm. when you can weld why not overbuild it and just connected it up the same as it was with the wheel um and it actually is able to go up and down it's pretty fancy
2: so now it's time for the maiden voyage of the thousand watt snow scooter how did it work That's a thousand watts of power right there. Oh, okay, there we go. I just felt like the uh, skis were going to snap off if I turned too tight. Not that it'll do
3: anything. <laughs> <laughs> There's the ice. Completely <laughs> accidental. Like a freaking charm. Yeah, I mean, as you're
2: seeing here, uh, I mean, I yes, I would love more power. Um, but 1,000 watts was enough to get us going on even slushy snow. Mm-hmm. Everyone who rode it was smiling ear to ear. Even though
3: it's basically a, a conveyor belt to <laughs> dump snow on your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we can fix it. We can fix that. Right? Uh, a this... little bit of welding, a little bit of metal. Mm,
2: dude. Yeah. Um, if And what's really cool is we could turn this back
3: into a scooter with just taking off a few bolts. Exactly. You take off the bolts, you take off the motor, put that back on. You're back to scooting around. Back to scooting around. The only indication that something has changed is those uh, two aluminum things that we welded onto the sides, Yeah. which I think look pretty good. And you could even shape them to look... Right, You know, aerodynamic if you wanted to.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's so many more improvements we could make. Obviously, we could make it so that there would be something to brush the snow off the conveyor Mm -hmm. belts at the back. That would save a lot of energy, actually, because then it wouldn't be fighting all that extra snow. (laughs) 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 Well, I would say we did it. Yeah. I mean, that's a thousand watts of power and it worked.
3: Just enough power. Uh, uh,
2: we got to do something about the snow buildup.
3: That's fine. We'll make a little scraper, a little snow scraper. What do you think?
2: Yeah. But I mean, look at that. But basically we just, first of all, snow is disappearing up here. Can't believe it. it's February. Um, we had to do this fast and we have given ourselves a deadline of January 15th. We actually got it done by February 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that was because we were waiting for parts to arrive and stuff like that. I'm pretty proud of what we did. Um, and I think. Technically, this was the first electric snow scooter in the world. Now, I know there are snow bikes, like Moonbike makes Mm -hmm. an electric snow bike, but I don't think anyone was crazy enough to do what we just did,
3: and we did it. And it worked. I know that this is a little off-topic for this channel, but it was something that we really felt we wanted to bring you. It's it's electric mobility, but it's also a very approachable project. I don't think this is off-topic at all, actually.
2: I think the whole point of this channel is to talk about sustainability. And many people around the world go and tinker in their garage with gas motors to make some kind of go-kart or gas-powered snow scooter. Mm -hmm. We're showing you that you can now switch to electric to do these projects, and it's cleaner, it's quieter, it's still safe, it's still fun. And
3: I want to just point out the couple things that we didn't have to worry about. We didn't have to worry about soldering. We didn't have to worry about batteries. We didn't have to worry about motor controllers right. or throttles or anything. We just reused what was there. We, we reused what was there. And it's, I mean, uh, most of these products are going to be made out of either aluminum or steel. The other going to be plastic on it, but you can rip that stuff off. And if you don't care what it looks like and you can make it pretty afterwards, I'm just saying, this project, to me, opened my eyes to what is possible because, yeah, what other modifications can we make to uh, e-bikes? Because, yeah, a bicycle in itself, you don't want to be <laughs> adding a ton of steel onto it. But if it's got an electric motor that can already power itself pretty pretty well, what's a, what's a few more pounds? What's a yeah. uh, – I don't know. I mean, I already think of the next project I want to work on in terms of smaller electric uh, mobility. What's that? It would be a uh, a sidecar for an e bike. Oh, that sounds cool! But not just any old sidecar. Yeah, it's gonna hold a canoe. <laughs> what? So you go you go out right? Yeah, with a canoe on the sidecar, you could have your friend in it. Uh huh. You get to where you're going. Park the bike, take the canoe out for a day.
2: Oh, you want a removable canoe that's also the sidecar? Put the canoe back
3: in it, drive home. Wow. Who lives next to a lake? Not everybody.
2: You know what's funny is before this project, I would have said you're absolutely insane. We can't pull that off. But now that we've done this project, I mean- Like if you had said, well, we're going to have to weld aluminum to aluminum, I would have been like, well, we can't. Well, now we can. Yeah. And I don't know that we had to have made our frame on the snow scooter out of steel. Maybe we
3: could have done it out of aluminum. We certainly could have. Um, It would have been lighter. But it would have been more expensive, a little bit harder, and it wouldn't have been as easy to remove. Um, We still could have kept the bolts. In fact, we could do that tomorrow if we wanted to. We could weld up a frame uh, made out of aluminum, which would be lighter.
2: Would you do that with your canoe sidecar? Would you make it out of aluminum or would you still do steel?
3: I really like welding steel with TIG. Hmm. Very – it's a very different experience. Again, the noise is, is less. Uh steel has a higher um surface tension, which makes welding a little bit easier. If anyone's getting into welding, you'll this is like the biggest thing that's stuck in my head. I think that I would go with steel. Um, but you we could do aluminum. I don't know. It, d- it depends on depends on what we decide.
2: Well, comment down below with your ideas. I think this would be a good spring summer project. I mean, we got done in time to use our snow scooter in the snow now that the weather's getting better. Uh, a canoe does make sense
3: yeah and i just want to highly encourage if anyone wants to get into welding yeah it's a little bit scary yeah you're going to need a, a bunch of different things um but if you're looking for a hobby and it would a hobby that like could turn into a business as well oh, yeah um this is definitely one of those things and it it again the barrier to entry has never been so low. Exactly.
2: Humans are creative creatures. We love to create and having more skills allows you to create more. And I'm sa- telling you, mix welding with electric mobility and like there's no limit to what you can do. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank you for watching and our Patreons because without your support, we couldn't have done this episode. We couldn't have gotten the tools and the parts we needed to make it happen. Thank you so much for helping us make this happen. We're going to see you next week. Now, now you, you know.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.